Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. Fly ball deep left field. On Tigers Radio 97.1, the ticket. Hey, it's Tiger Talk, the final Tiger Talk of the offseason. Edition. Yes, and uh, I'm very saddened by that. Uh, <laughs> and it's been an unusual year because we haven't had a massive snowstorm on the night that we've Just had one. Tiger Just Talk. Just one. Yeah, and it was on a Friday in which uh, everybody was off except for me. <laughs> so uh, that was fine, but uh, out, right out of the shoot, we got uh, one of the Tigers' rising stars. That, of course, is uh, Riley Green. And Riley, been waiting patiently. We appreciate that. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Sitting in the house with uh, Torque and Parker Meadows. We've just been just been hanging out all day. So those are your roommates for the spring? Oh, yeah. Same house as last year. <laughs> it's going to be a lively house. Yeah, they they uh, all the guys joke around, and they call this the frat house. And I don't know why they do, but they do. <laughs> so full squad first workout today. What can you tell us about how the day went? Any particular message from, from AJ to you guys? Uh, I can tell you the vibes are high. You know, the boys are here. They're ready to go. And, you know, we're already having a lot of fun. Ronnie, you're coming back from Tommy John surgery. We're very familiar, at least reading about and talking with pitchers coming back from Tommy John surgery. You say you're ready to go, so I'm sure you're really anxious to get past the point where anybody's asking you about your elbow. But it did seem to me that you put in, I mean, give us a feel for the hard work that went into going to Lakeland on a regular basis to rehab with Duncan Evans. And you were swinging a bat in early January, and the average person wouldn't have been swinging a bat until sometime in February. Give us a feel for how that went, how tedious it was, and were you pleasantly surprised that you could tar- start taking those swings so early? Yeah, so I was uh, I was coming to Lakeland three, four times a week. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty much me and Duncan along with a couple other minor league guys. And, you know, I just want to say Duncan, you know, was awesome. He's a, he's the best. He's got me through a lot of, a lot of different it. A lot of different things. So I just wanted to say that he did a he did a really good job and is always doing one. But um, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was there a lot, and me and Duncan were kind ty- we're uh, we're kind of just grinding. Um, you know, just trying to get the trying to get the elbow stronger again. Um, you know, getting lifts in. I uh, I switched to a new trainer this off season, uh, Ben De La Cruz, and he, he you know, he uh, he did a really really good job, and you know, one of the smartest guys I've ever. I've ever been with when it comes to working out and how the body moves and things like that. So that was a, that was a good move by me. But, um, you know, it's been good. I'm, um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. Um, just kind of still going through the swing progression. Got about, um, got about 60, 70 swings a day and, you know, just kind of, just kind of rolling with it. So it's, uh, it's going pretty good. It's just not that anybody's really excited about the fact that you are on track for opening day or anything. <laughs> it's so good to hear. I'm always interested in what uh, Scott Harris Riley talks 
to players about and talks about all the time that when, when somebody's rehabbing an injury, whether it's a pitcher like Matt Manning rehabbing after being hit in the foot two different times last year, whether it's Casey Mize coming back from Tommy John or you, he challenges players to get better in some way. What was the challenge for you? Because it sounded like he really challenged you to get better, physically stronger while you're rehabbing. What specifically did he want to see? Yeah, we, uh, yeah, he just wanted to, you know, see some improvements in the running form and, you know, clean up some of the little things that I had going on, um, going on last year. And, you know, he, um, you know, that's a, that's what I did with this, with this new guy, you know, clean up the, the running form, got a little more flexible, you know, body, you know, body is kind of in the best shape that, you know, I've been in coming into spring training and this is the best I felt coming into a spring training. So just kind of, it's kind of working on the small things that make the biggest difference. Uh, you're rooming with Parker Meadows. Uh, obviously, uh, Parker Meadows is this uh, super-plus center fielder. And uh, there's talk that you'll be in right field, uh, probably, uh, which, by the way, may be your best position based on what we saw when you were in that uh, the COVID camp, so to speak. You made a number of spectacular plays. Talk about the possible position change, and are you all with it? Yeah, you know, it does it doesn't bother me at all, you know. I'm I'm here to do what whatever whatever AJ and Scott want me to do, you know. I'm you know, I'll play I'll play whatever position. Um, you know, and I'm I'm pretty comfortable in and um in all those positions. You know, I played I played them all coming up through the minor leagues and um you know, I'm pretty comfortable in them. So, you know, wherever wherever they put me, you know, I'm going to play my hardest. I'm going to play the best I can. Uh, you know, I remember uh, seeing West Michigan when you and Parker Meadows were together. Actually, they took you from right field and put you in center. Uh, he has progressed a great deal. Can you talk a little bit about his progression as a fielder? Because you've seen it, you know, right when he first came in and to what he is now. Well, he's like a, he's like a baby deer. He's like the <laughs> fastest person I've ever seen in my life. But, um, yeah, he he gets really good jumps. You know he works hard when no one's watching. You know he's taking he's taking live reps and BP every day, and he's just constantly trying to get better at the position. And he's a he's a really really good center fielder. So you know it's it's going to be awesome being able to play next to him, and you know knowing that we have history between us. You know playing in the outfield. You know it just it just makes us more comfortable out there together. Understanding your season came to an end a month sooner than you wanted it to with the with the dive and the injury. A spectacular catch, by the way, in Chicago. I guess if you had to get injured, at least it, you you made the catch and it was spectacular. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, it, if I if I would have missed that, it would have been even worse. So <laughs> thank God I caught it. <laughs> Understanding the season ended earlier than you wanted. You had a stretch, Riley, right before a, a little bit of a quiet stretch at the end of August. But you had a stretch of almost 240 at bats, where you hit almost 350, slugged 580, OPS near a thousand. I mean, that to me is like that's the upside of Riley Green. At the end of the year, there were many improvements across the board. What did you? feel like you took out of last year in terms of the improvements and the things that you wanted to get better at this year yeah i mean a big a big thing for me was just being calm and relaxed in the box you know not being too aggressive aj AJ always preaches to me get a good pitch to hit and i was you know i'm really really working hard and i still am at that um that's been since day one hasn't it (laughs) since 
<laughs> since three years ago. <laughs> but but um yeah, you know, I just just being calm and relaxed and not trying to do much and just and just trusting myself really. You know, the one thing uh, that uh, I don't know if the fans in Detroit quite grasped yet because it hasn't shown like it did in the minor leagues uh, is you have prodigious power. Uh, when you connect with a ball, it goes as far as anybody. Uh, remember the 466-foot, 117-mile-an-hour uh, ball? Yeah, I think it was all Bull Burrows that you hit in the minor leagues. And when you've hit home runs, you hit one in Houston. That was incredible. <laughs> By the train tracks. Yeah, left. like 400. But, you know, I don't think people realize your power potential. Yet, talking to a lot of hitters down through the years, you can't force power. Can you talk a little bit about the dynamic of that? Because I know you got a lot more power in you than 16 home runs and how many at-bats you've had so far. Yeah, I mean, I just, it just kind of, it just kind of comes, it just comes with it. You know, you're, you're not really trying to hit home runs. Homers will come, you know, you're trying to hit, you know, doubles, and you're trying to hit balls in the gaps, but, you know, sometimes you connect with more the normal, and they go, so it, it just, it just kind of, it just kind of just comes with trying to, trying to be a good hitter, and just hitting, just hitting doubles, really. So you're very patient with that aspect of it. You're not trying to force that, uh, I wouldn't think. No. No, maybe like a, you know, like a plus count, you know, maybe I'll go for it, but I am 0 for 100 17 on that. So far. So, it, hasn't been, it, hasn't, it hasn't really worked so well when I've tried to hit all of Your rooming, as you said, with Spencer Torkelson and Parker Meadows. Uh, can you just describe watching Spencer's second half last year? Really started toward the end of June. He had struggles up and down. I think, you know, coaches talked about how he finally realized okay, th- this hard hit rate, the fact that I'm hitting the ball hard and not getting rewarded in the early months. It is going to pay off, and man, did it pay off those final few months. Just from your perspective, your locker mate in the clubhouse right next door, uh, how how fun that was for you to watch him just take off. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, you know, I feel I feel like whenever he hit a homer in like the first or second inning, you know, he was he was definitely going to hit another one. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how it felt. But um, yeah, just being able to see that and witness that, you know, he hit. He hit 31 home runs. I'm pretty sure that was the number. Yep. 31 homers, and um, you know he he got hot and he and he and he rode the train. You know he just he just kept hitting them, and um, you know it just it's just awesome to see him because you know he worked so hard and you know, just being able to see him do that was was pretty special. Scott Harris and AJ have talked at at length about the the importance of building a culture and. You know, they even make fun of it. It's like, well, you know, Scott Harris will say it sounds like a buzzword, but he really does believe in building a certain type of culture. I remember talking with Matt Verling down the stretch last year. He said a bunch of us just stayed after the game last night and talked and realized that we've, we've got a bunch of, as he put it, glue guys on this team, which is a, a high compliment of, of guys who can help lead this team in different ways in the years ahead. Can you just talk about for fans what you see coming together as perhaps the core of the next championship team? Yeah, like I said at the start, you know, spring training, the vibes are high, and um, you know that starts with that starts with culture. I mean, I feel like I feel like with every winning team, they have a really good culture and really good chemistry, and you know, without that, winning kind of is not a thing. To be honest, you know, having a having a good culture is everything. 
um, if you if you if you go down the list, all the teams that have won, you know, they have made that culture and they've just wrote wrote on it throughout the years. So I think it's I think it's the most important thing to have on a winning team. Uh, we oh, it, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We have we have established that here, and I feel like it's getting better and better every single day. Uh, the question uh, I come on after the games a lot, and I get a question a lot about your diving. And uh, we talk about it a lot. You got hurt on the dive with the uh, Tommy John. The other one is running into the wall. You made this brilliant catch. Yeah, I think you know the one I'm talking about, and then you missed a couple games. Uh, as Dan said, at least he caught the ball, right, you know, uh, to talk about it. Uh, any discussion about changing that? It seems like it's something that's part of your baseball fabric, uh, and uh, it, will it be easier to avoid the walls if you're in the right field? Because in center field, especially at Comerica Park, you really got to go after the ball. Yeah, there has, I mean, there's been a little bit of discussion, but, um, you know, I just feel like, just trying to get better at diving, to be honest, you know, diving in the right situations and not diving, you know, 25 feet in the air after a ball. But, um, you know, well, sometimes it's, it's pretty right. amazing, Riley, when you dive much, like that. How much ground do you cover? How much you cover, actually. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's different than uh, I think any other player maybe we've seen. You know, it's different. Yeah, it's just like, you know, just trying to be smart about it. You know, maybe maybe diving closer to the ground and not vertical in the air. It's just like, it's just like small things, you know, mentally that you, that we've talked about to, you know, make sure that I don't get injured when I dive. Well, Riley, we appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks for calling in. Uh, Good luck this coming season. Uh, Stay healthy, knock on wood, (laughs) and uh, everything else will fall in place. I think uh, pretty much everybody knows that. Thanks so much, Riley. Thank you, guys. Take care. That was Riley Green. That's good awesome. guy, eh? Right away. First thing he says, the vibe is good. It's well, not you, a small thing. It's, well, we'll talk about that. always good at this time of year. But I do think there's a, there's a core here that is uh, kind of exciting to watch come together. Yeah, Dan, I, I think it's different. And we'll yeah. talk about it coming up next. This is Tiger Talk on 97.1 The Ticket. Shifts to the right. Outfield just about straight up. Castro fly ball right field off the bat of Green. Way back in right center and gone. Wow! As deep a drive as you will see to right center in this ballpark. Number ten for Riley Green. Tigers take a one nothing lead in the sixth. That was an interesting uh, conversation with Riley Green. Great to hear Dan, uh, too, on the play-by-play. First game Saturday. Saturday. 1 o'clock. It'll be on our brother's station. Big uh, game. The Bet Q 1270, something like that. I think that's what they It'll be a tone setter. AM 1270. Tone setter. Well, it is, in a way. (laughs) Look, I'll be listening. You know that. I tell you this every year. You know, you're so probably sick of hearing it, but I listen to it. I I know I've got one. Actually, with Lori, I've got two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lori Ann will be listening, yeah. (laughs) My most faithful listeners. Yeah, classmates back at Michigan State in the journalism <laughs> department will be listening. Uh, no, hey, uh, you know, it's... That was uh, terrific, though. That it, was really interesting to hear. Yeah, it was great to hear from that. And by the way, uh, our podcast, you, you, we've had uh, Parker Meadows on, we've had uh, Spencer Torkelson on, we've had a number of hosts, uh, you know, or 
guests on the show. You can go back, listen, uh, wherever you get your uh, your podcast. going to be the uh, Apple iTunes Store, Google Play Store, uh, DetroitTigers.com. It's there. And also, we carry it here with the station. So if you miss some of the podcasts that we've had this offseason, want to catch up on the Tigers, uh, by all means, do that. Uh, always check it out, DetroitTigers.com. And, of course, where you get your podcasts uh, with us. Dan underscore Dickerson. It's probably up there somewhere in Pacaputo98 on X, which was, uh, by the way, formerly known as Twitter. Can't we still call it Twitter? Everybody's still sending, <laughs> sending tweets. Well, it's kind of like Facebook. Oh, let's go look at Meta. I don't think anybody <laughs> says that. But anyway, I don't know. That's a, you know, outside the realm. we got a lot of baseball to talk about. And Dan... Uh, you and I were kind of gushing about the Tigers when we were talking, uh, you know, just before the show here a little bit, and we've kind of talked in very positive tones about the team right now. Right, and uh, I, I think it's kind of genuine here. It's not the usual, uh, hey, you know, uh, spring training's happening. Tigers are going to be really good this year. I think the Tigers do have a chance to genuinely contend. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, you're going to read a lot about projections at this time of year. And the one thing that I, I I'm a firm believer in the why I really don't look at projections a lot. They're not that interesting to me. I mean, they're, last year they're, they won 66, and the prediction was 68 going into the season. Ooh. This past season they won 78, and the prediction is 78.5 this year. Okay. What, what I like talking with Riley Green about is the, the, the projections are just they're running simulations of seasons based on numbers, but it never accounts for how those players interact with each other. How they push each other every day. How they are motivated and what what is their drive to win. What does a Mark Canna being added to the mix do for some of these young hitters? Right. Scott Harrison, make no bones about it. This is a young team. A.J. Hinch has said the same thing. We're going to be one of the youngest position players uh, unit in, in all of baseball. So you're going to have those growing pains. But what about the coaching that they are getting that might help them go through those growing pains with a little less downside and more upside? Michael Bedar and that staff has done a tremendous job. Uh, James Rousen, Keith Beauregard last year. I know James Rousen is now with the Yankees. But, I mean, this staff gets the most out of them. So, anyway, I just encourage fans to think about how are these pieces. We never know how the pieces are going to come together. And especially those projection systems don't ever really figure out when does that young team click. And it could be this year. It might be next year. But with the way Torkelson finished, with the way Riley Green showed that upside... That's worth repeating. A 240 plate appearance stretch where he hit 347 with a 580 slug. That's a long stretch. There aren't many Tigers not named Miguel Cabrera who've done that in recent years. So I think to me that's that's a lot of fun to think about what the upside is. And, and that to me is maybe the most fun about this time of year. Instead of saying what's the projected win total, what is the upside for this team? Well, uh, versus, I, yeah. versus other teams in the division. I mean, Kansas City, I'm reading, everybody's talking about winning the division this year. Great. But how realistic is it for Kansas City to get to 85 wins versus, say, the Tigers? Yeah. Kansas City doesn't have quite as much as the Tigers have. Uh, obviously, they got a great player in Witt Jr. Uh, at some point, going to exert his will. So uh, you can't dismiss when you've got one of those super-duper stars, and he is, and he's getting paid like it now. Right. But... They gave up five runs a game last year. Right. They have serious issues in the run prevention department. I think the Tigers are going to be one of the top five teams in run prevention. Well, I don't know if they'll get to top five, but I will say this. Uh, last year, 
uh, when the Tigers, at the end of the year, after the All-Star break, they were 39-34. and 34. If they play at that same pace this year, that'll give them 87 wins. They got to 78 last year, and they got off to the mother load of bad starts last year. I don't think people remember how bad it was. Yeah, not just 2-9, and nine, but that nine-game losing streak. Oh, yeah, they came after Riley Green right, got hurt. Yeah. And uh, so they had a couple lulls. I don't know. You're always going to have some lulls. But the team's built a lot better toward that, and uh, I'm not expecting them to get on a, on a, you know, a, the the launch pad uh, down in Florida and head up into the moon and then pass it the stars and all the way out to Mars like Baltimore did, <laughs> you know. Uh, but you know, Arizona only won 84 games right. last year, and gotcha the Tigers the Tigers had a better team ERA than Arizona and Texas, which won the World Series. So, and Scooble pitched only in the last 15 starts there, and it was noticeable how much better he was. Now, the question is, did the combination of Mejeda and Flaherty, does that replace the combination of what Lorenzen did for them until he was traded and what Erod did? So, that's one of the questions uh, that comes uh, to mind. And also, I think you have to take into account when is the year-to-year improvement of various players, like Riley Green. He's capable of hitting more home runs. Spencer Torkelson was what happened in the second half, the light bulb going off. Right. And then, you know, that's uh, Parker Meadows, how good is he going to hit? Because he improves the team across the board defensively. Green is a plus-plus right fielder. So you got a plus-plus center fielder, and then you can go to that. Canna. Being a you know this pesky out in the middle of the lineup, you know how good is Keith going to be? How good is uh, Jace Young eventually going to be if he comes up? And how are they going to hold the fort down before that? Right. So and I like their bullpen. That's what I like. What they I done. really like the bullpen because Chafin and uh, you know Mil- Miller Holton. Well, I was just saying the two they've added are Chafin yeah, right. and Miller. Yeah, Chafin and Miller, but uh, Chafin and Holton giving them flexibility with lefty righty. With not just good pitchers, but really good pitchers as lefties. Not loogies, okay, which teams throw out there all the time. And I like the stuff of Foley. I like the stuff of Miller. Miller with the uh, splitter that he developed that was really a plus pitch for him. In addition to his extension, which is unusual, he throws those two pitches together 80% of the time. So I think the Tigers will be pretty good. Uh, we got some people waiting. We'll get to your calls coming up next. It's Tiger Talk on 97 won the ticket. Takes an extra base hit away from Tim Anderson. That's the man on the trap. There you go. That would be Dan Dickerson uh, with the call. Was that one of them that's going to be in your bobblehead? <laughs> that was the catch. That was uh, the last play he made. <laughs> I, you know, I got to give you a couple of those bobbleheads, man. I just, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll even sign them for you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That'll actually help me out when I lo- unload that thing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Get a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. Two max, though. Yeah, I mean, two, let's, two max. Let's, that's let's it. Not get crazy Even here. for me, you've known me for how many years? Right, three. There you go, man. Didn't we win that golf classic back in the day in like '88 Buick Open? Yeah. 
What did he get, man? I had some good shots. I got you a, your rain suit that's probably long gone. Long gone. Long gone like a call with Ernie on the mic. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Keith, thanks for calling tonight. Thanks for calling. How you guys doing? Good, Keith. How are you? Good. I had two questions. What happened to Cryer? Is he healthy? Is he in the plans? Uh, what's going on? Would with you him? say Kreidler? Yeah. Um, he'll be in the mix, but he had you know injuries last year and um, okay numbers down in the minor leagues. I still think they believe he is one of their best infielders, and that is at second, short, or third. But he might be the best shortstop right now in the organization. So uh, we'll not defensively. Him. Baez is better than him defensively. For consistency? No. <laughs> well, no, I don't just, know. I'm right? just saying that really? Javi Baez can make plays that nobody can make. Yeah. I'm serious. I saw five or six of those last year, but you, you should not bounce the yeah. majority of your throws to first on a routine ground ball. Yeah, Spencer that's Torkelson. My, that's, my, that's why I would put Kreidler ahead of him in terms of consistency. Uh, Spencer Torkelson should give a goalie mask oh, he, when he makes a scoop instead of, you know. At least a dozen saves. So anyway, I think we'll what see he, him a lot in the spring, and uh, he'll be a bubble guy to me. I, I absolutely believe he can be that thirteenth guy. I say I, I I think he's got some plus to it, but you know you don't hear his name as much as you used to hear it. Right. So I think it's what, the, what, the is, lack what of, do you think their plan is with Badu? Will they keep him around to see how Green health is? Use his options is, that he have less uh, yes. left, or would they try to would they try to just a low from the beginning. I don't think they are going to... They're not going to part. Right now, there is not an obvious spot on the roster. I think with three right. lefties, Green, Carpenter, right. uh, Parker Meadows, there's not a spot because Canna's the fourth guy and Verling's the fifth guy. But right. th- that's a set of skills yeah. that you are not going to give up on and you're not going to trade away. I, I firmly believe that. The, I think he will get at-bats of the Tigers this year. It might be a blow for him to have to go back to Toledo to start the year if there isn't that spot on the opening day day roster. But it's still a skill set that I I think the Tigers believe they can get more out of him offensively, and that's where he has to show the improvement. But the one thing that intrigues me, he's got power. And I'd be curious to see if if that maybe is the upside still for Akil Badu to go with those great speed skills. You know, okay. I, you know, Keith. Keith with, with uh, Kilbadu uh-huh. is too good to just move for the sake yeah. of moving. Uh, you don't get anything for him right yeah, now. I don't he's think. got uh, you know top line. Uh, you know, we're talking in the top ten, five percentile speed. I think he had the fastest time home to first among uh, players last year. Oh. That's how fast he is. Uh, he does. He's hit ninety-seven, ninety-eight mile an hour pitches for home runs. Uh, and he improved defensively last year. He absolutely. So I did. think what happened to him when he had that year, and this is just kind of what I heard about it. So take it for what it's worth. It got a little bit to his head. And, uh, you know, then now he's gotten a dose of reality. But at some point, I do think that uh, Kilbadu is he's too good to just unload. Yep. He, he's got too many tools. Uh, his attitude has been good lately. I mean, there's yep. not an issue there. Uh, that happens to a lot of people when they get initial success. Right. And uh, uh, he's got an upside. And he may very well. It wouldn't shock me. I'm not predicting this. But a Kilbadu all of a sudden becomes a key piece for the Tigers this summer. It wouldn't could. shock me. No, I, I think he's going to go to Toledo. Again, unless right. something happens with an injury. 
And I think we're going to see him put together some skills and maybe tap into that power a little bit. And all of a sudden, it's going to be like, he, we have to find a place for this guy. Yeah. He's, he's a good player, I think. I, do, I believe. If, if, say if the other guys playing well, what do you find a place for? Well, I, yeah, it'd probably, it'd probably have to be injury. I mean, to be honest with you, because, yeah, you know, right. well, Meadows, Green, Ken aren't going anywhere. Meadows, if he doesn't hit. He's going to hit enough. Well, just, I'm just that saying. That glove is so I'm just saying, good in center there, field. There's unusual things yeah, that happen all the time. If he really, really struggled and he was, uh, hit a buck 80, maybe. Yeah. But you can handle 220 with some walks and some power, and that defense, right. absolutely. Right. The thing is, uh, what happened with him, uh, Keith, is that Parker Meadows happened because he's just as fast. Right. Yep. And he's got just as much power. You know, I mean, probably he's shown more actual power uh, in terms of consistency. So, uh, you know, those two guys, uh, but and, and Meadows is a center fielder, but he was a corner outfielder. Right. So, uh, you know, but he's too good, I think. It's interesting to see how they're going to handle that, how he's going to handle that, because he has to understand they still have control of him for a while, but they're not going to have control of him forever. And uh, right. he, I think he's going to have a good – I'll just go out on the limb and say I think he's going to have a good major league career, whether it's here or somewhere else. You know? All right. One last question. Is Austin Meadows in baseball or he's done? No, I mean, it didn't. No updates on him, and I think we're just going to wish right. him well and hope that he can right. battle okay. his anxiety and uh, live a, a happy and healthy life. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Let's go out to Rochester and talk to Scott. What's up, Scott? Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? We're Great. doing well. Quick question. You know, this pitching staff uh, a little bit reminds me of back in 06 when you have a lot of unproven talent but a lot of upside. And then they added a, a uh, older guy in uh, Kenny Rogers. Even Verlander said he played a big role, especially mm-hmm. early on. Is there a chance that this team, and he was 41, I believe, is there a chance they could add someone like Trevor Bauer, who has success in the league? He, you know, he got no, through all that. Stuff. No, on Trevor Bauer. I hope he never plays in this league again. So maybe you have another idea, but not on Trevor Bauer. Didn't, didn't he get a phone not guilty of everything? No. He found a judge who gave him an unbelievably favorable ruling that defied all logic and law, well, by the way. I thought there was, like, audio tape he of the girl. He is a person with serious like mental health issues, and he does not belong in Major League okay, Baseball. Okay, because I heard so audio find, tape of the girl actually somebody, laughing about scamming him for money. Find some, somebody else. You got another idea? Because it's not going to be Trevor Bauer. So he's not going to be treacherous. He's going to be blackball. All right, then no. That was the one guy. He's the guy that uh, you could get for the cheap, and he's got good success. And I think the guy was framed. And and uh, okay, I think well, he that, that, it, you, you, you got to read up on it a little bit more because it, it goes much deeper. Well, than you're, that. you're uh, basing Isn't it there on you're, out of the girl basically admitting uh, that no, she was scamming no, Trevor Bauer. No, there is uh, you know the Trevor Bauer on social media thing. And he's got an agent uh, who's a very smart uh, person. So they've been, you know, putting a spin out there on it when there's another side to it that is not very good. So you got to kind of look at both sides of where it's at. And given that Trevor Bauer's always kind of been like a stick of dynamite wherever he's played anyway, uh, and realize that it's probably going to keep him out of baseball, not because he's been quote unquote blackballed, but as good a pitcher as he is. Uh, teams don't want to weigh with that extra baggage, the protests at the stadium, all those different things. So uh, he's fighting for his baseball life, and you've got to uh, respect that, you know. And I do, 
But on the other side of it, I wouldn't touch him with the 10-foot pole. Uh, I'm with Dan on that, and I understand why uh, he's uh, not on a team. So, all right. Well, that was about it. That's all, right. all I needed to hear. Yeah, there you go. So he's not being officially blackballed. You know, they didn't. It's not like a fraternity. Nobody pass, should pass sign around. this guy. Yeah. Well, he's there's some issues there. Yeah. So, you know, he basically admitted everything in court that the young woman said he did. But he found a judge who said because she did not specifically say that when she was unconscious that he couldn't do the sexual assault that he committed, because she didn't say that, which is found nowhere in law, that's why he did not face the consequences he should have. I don't know. Everybody's that's got a the guy that people uh, uh, want back in the league. Everybody's got, but I would agree, I agree with Dan on this. From the Tigers' standpoint, I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. And I wouldn't just, because he's got such a, uh, a wide uh, social media following, he still does, just read that part of it and then not see the other part of it and come to conclusions. And uh, I w- it's not worth the risk. No. You know. Let's talk some Tigers. Uh, 248-539-9797. We'll get to that coming up next. 97 won the ticket. here and hits a fly ball to right field. This one's deep. This one's trouble. And that ball is gone. The home run. Wow. Ball is flying in this ballpark today. Sure is. Arcana with the fly ball to right that just kept going. Two rolls up into the seats and right. His third of the year. We've got a 3-2 game. Tigers lead has been cut to one. I didn't, I didn't realize I'd made a Mark Canna home run call. There you got it. There you, <laughs> you did. And we found it. Nice job. Yeah, good job by okay. Dustin behind the Dustin. glass here. I, I'll say this: Canna's uh, always been pesky. You know, when he was with Oakland, tough out, tough out. When not a guy you wanted right. up with a guy in scoring position. Right. He knew he's going to lay the bat Canna's on. Don't the ball. blow you away, but he's just solid. Yeah. Lengthen the lineup. Let's start there. Uh, yeah, he kind of fits their <laughs> mo. Now they signed Keston uh, Hira, which surprised me because he's a high strikeout guy or whatever. But you know, nothing gained, nothing ventured. Put him at AAA. Maybe he'll help me. Right. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Hey, Paul, what's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? Dan, Pat. How are Always you, Paul? great to talk to you guys. Hey. Doing well. Uh, quick shout-out to Caller Scott. Um, he's, a, he, he's a great caller. I mean, he really is. But, Scott, these guys are right. you got to do a deeper dive into Bauer because... I did the same thing, and I thought the same way, but no, a big no yeah, to that one. Big no. But, what do you got, um, Paul? We're hey, looking fellas. ahead. We're looking ahead. What do you got for these Tigers? No, we are. We are. Um, you know, if the pitching holds up, which I think it should, we're loaded. Uh, we should take the Central. Um, but a question for the both of you. Now, last season... Uh, the lovely Mrs. and I absolutely fell in love with Terry Carpenter. Your thoughts on him, guys, That coming into this season? Legitimate middle-of-the-order bat. He did go homerless the last five weeks. It was, yeah, was 145 100, bats. Yeah, 145 yeah. at-bats. That worries me a little, but I saw too much consistency leading up to that. Uh, his downtimes were short. When he went on the injured list, he got better, covered more types of pitches. 
Um, and I thought those were all really good things. He's got good tools that people didn't realize that he had. That he's a plus runner and a plus plus throwing arm. Brought AJ Um, almost to tears with his improvement defensively. He like turns, spun, and throw one time. He's like, "That was beautiful." Yeah, he's got (laughs) a strong arm. So positionally, you think he's pretty solid? I I think he's gone from well below average to solid. Yeah, about average. Um, Yeah. So and then uh, with the bat, I think um, I think he's got a really quick swing through the strike zone. Uh, you know, and, and one more thing, you know, granted, Alavilia's um, uh, trades were not the greatest, but his draft picks really are not that shabby, guys. We're seeing that. Your thoughts? Well, what I would say about that is, is somebody that defended Al. As you know, and uh, thought that the hate toward Al uh, was utterly ridiculous. It's one thing to think, hey, they need a new general manager. It's another thing to take it to a, a level that's beyond sensical. And, you know, like I said at the time, I don't have to say Al should be fired. It'll just happen, and it did. He knew it. Everybody knew it. But the bottom right. line about it is they did make some changes in the way they scouted. And his draft picks, you know, you get Carpenter in the 19th round of uh, uh, this kid, Big B, they got in the 19th round. Uh, Bo uh, Brisky, you know, way down in the draft. Foley, an undrafted free agent. Guys like that, obviously, they were doing a pretty good job of scouting. But I can tell you this. There's no way that they would be having, with all due respect to Al, somebody that knows Al and really likes him, that they would have this type of improvement from these players had they not made the change. What they're doing in there, what they're doing, what they're doing, they've added so many coaches, uh, people who know what they're doing. Robin Lund uh, is an example of it. There's a lot of folks that have been added to this organization that are, have enhanced their ability uh, to develop players. And that is a Scott Harris move. Yeah, Scott Harris and, you know, his people and those that he's brought in. Although Garko was hired hired by, by, by Al, but he had one year in. But but ev- but since Scott has come in, I mean they they've added a lot, more, a lot of folks. They've rearranged uh, in terms of which coaches are at what level in the minor leagues for very specific reasons, and yeah, I think Pat's absolutely right. I mean the the changes they have made, starting with Ryan Garko before Scott Harris got here, and now continued improvements. And Scott Harris even said it: we have to continue to spend the money to make sure that we are getting the most out of our development system. But it has much improved over the last several years. And they have spent that money. And they did under Al. But, you know, the days of Al talking about Caesar and all those things, the game has completely passed all that stuff by. And uh, Scott Harris better to able to deal with it and get more, more out of their town. Plus, look at some of the players that they've added. McKinstry. You know the contribution he made last year to that team? And he's going to be one of the MVPs because of his flexibility, position flexibility. He's going to be one of the MVPs. Uh, when they added him, <laughs> as much as I know about all these different players and everything, I didn't think much of that. I thought it was a nothing move. Holton, look what he did. He was as good as any reliever in baseball last year. That's not an exaggeration. So there's been a, a Banez, another move that he made. You know Those three right there. That's a lot of value. You know, that, that you was, basically picked up for nothing. So and, you know he missed on Mayton, but Verling just contributed. And though in getting rid of those relievers, uh, Jimenez and Soto didn't mean anything. Nope. Their bullpen was much better uh, with the way they structured it. So uh, I like what Scott Harris is doing, and 
Al deserves some respect. I'm glad he's getting that. But, you know, the reality of it is is that they made the change at just the right time. When the team imploded in 2022, it was over. There was a lot of hope going into that year, and it was over for Al. You know, it's just the reality of his job. David, you're on 97-1, the ticket, Tiger Talk. Hey, Pat. Hey, Dan. Hi, David. Uh, my two favorite baseball people. Uh, I have a couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, I, I love uh, Paul's call from Shelby. I love him. He's a great caller as well. Um, but, okay, so you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, Pat, about uh, Tyler Holton. Um I loved how he came out of the bullpen. I, he could start sometimes. It's great. Um, I was a little upset they got rid of Tyler Alexander. That was my guy. Um, and I had a couple other people I wanted to mention. Um, as far as Canna coming in, that kind of pushes my guy Akil out of the question here because I think Kerry's going to have to move over to the left if he stays in the lineup unless Veerling is going to be playing switch over there. But um, me and my friends been talking about this for a while. We had a discussion. And I know this is old talk, but between Willie and Harold Castro, I would have kept Harold, and that was my guy for a while. He was a you know a system guy, and I just kind of you know just a couple guys I wish they would have kept. You know, David, that's a very people. interesting call. Okay, it's a very interesting call. But Harold Castro was the classic example of what was wrong with the organization before. And in a way, Willie was. Although he Built played, a lineup full of low-walk, high-strikeout, low-power guys. Yeah, and Willie, Willie Castro, you know. And uh, Harold. So uh, the, the players that they had, McKinstry and Ibanez, were way better players in those roles than what uh, Harold and Willie Castro were. And I know Willie had some success with the Twins, and they won the division. So, But, uh, yeah. And the other thing, too, is don't forget, it's Tiger Talk, and we're all talking all happy and everything. But don't call in here and start saluting the other callers. You know, if, when I get on here and you do that, you're going to be off the air in like two seconds, okay? That's just the reality of it. Get to your point, all right? Please. Frank, you're on 97-1 the ticket. What's up, Frank? Hey, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, and I, I don't think many people know, and clearly Dan knows. But, Dan, I just want to commend you. I know you uh, you do a lot of charity work with the handicap. Uh, clearly, this weekly... Jeez, come on. All right, let's 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 end it. We've got five minutes here. Let's talk Let's talk possibilities. But not just the starting nine, but you want to line up? I think this is the top five to me is intriguing. Who's in the leadoff spot? I think Riley Green might end up back in the leadoff spot. Could be. Gets on base. Because A.J. wants his top five guys in those top five spots. Canna, maybe number two. Canna says he doesn't mind leading off. Canna might lead off. Yeah, but it's easy to put your best hitters at second. And then it's Torkelson. It's Green. Uh, it's Riley Carpenter. Green might be the second hitter. And maybe uh, somebody else. Oh, yeah, I've already got top. green up at the top. So, Torkelson, Carpenter. Then it gets interesting. Well, um, yeah. Keith, where do, I think you want him lower to start, take a little pressure off. But he's a middle-of-the-order bad if he does what he does in the minor leagues. Well, I think the way to build it is at the bottom up, okay? Nine. I would put Meadows nine right, right now. Verlene uh, eight. Okay, I'd put him With there. With the goal that Meadows is your one or two hitter, or leadoff hitter maybe, I like, by the end of the year. I like Rogers at seven because right. he's got some power that can come in there. 
at that point. Uh, sixth, I would probably put Keith at this point until he proves he goes higher than that. Um, but now you've got Baez in your top five. Uh, yeah, but okay. Maybe Baez lower depending on what he's hitting. You know, are you counting him out already? I'm not counting him out, but I think he's got to earn to get back in the top five spots in the in the lineup. Okay, then we'll switch those two. All right. We'll put him there, and then I would go uh, four. See, everybody thinks four is like the cleanup spot, and you put your best hitter there, but I would put Carpenter four. Carpenter would be good. You want a left-right kind of switch there. Torque three. And then Torque, I would put three. I green would put two. Green two and Cano one. Because Cano will get on base, and he'll be pesky, and if... It, it, it comes around, you know, the lineup and whatever. That's a good guy to have in there. You may need that. Somebody who can put the ball on the the bat on the ball yeah. at a key spot. I like that. That's solid. Yeah. That's rock solid. One thing I want fans to look for in the bullpen this year, because I think this is the impact that Robin Lund with Chris Fetter and Juan Davis. It really is a, a great trio of pitching coaches. But Robin Lund, the kinesiology professor, and the thing I love about him is, I mean, he took very complicated concepts and taught students to simplify it for students for 20 years, right? So he comes in, he's got very complicated concepts and numbers that he is interpreting, but he made it very understandable for Tiger pitchers. They're talking about ground forces and how important that is midway through the season. I remember talking with Scooble and Mize about that, but he believes that the fit, the, the best pitchers are, if you're a fit pitcher, that's somebody who has thrown a lot. He believes in throwing. Because he brought in a system where they, they measure how often you're throwing. Right. They've got their proprietary system, so I won't get into the details. But they're measuring things so that you can throw. You Then you need to throw a certain amount. You need to step on it a certain amount of times. And look what they did with some guys. Holding through 93, if you had the minor leagues, 93 innings last year all in relief. That doesn't happen. No. But I think they're going to build a bullpen full of guys who can be 80 innings plus. And there aren't many of those guys every year because of the way they are now kind of teaching these guys how to be a fit thrower by throwing a lot. And I, I think that's going to be a huge piece of this bullpen. Guys well, look go at multiple their, innings and throw yeah. a lot of innings. Well, I'm, I'm Brisky, I, I kind of like him as a I really leader. like Bo Brisky. He had the best fastball of any pitcher on their staff last year, velocity-wise. Even his, higher than His Stubble. new two-seamer just right. ate up. I remember Rodriguez in Seattle. Right. like, whoa. <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Dan, I'm um, sorry it's our it last quick. show, but I'm happy it's our last show because you know what that means? Saturday, you'll that's be on right. our brother's station. <laughs> AM 1270, the, the 1 o'clock Tigers-Yankees from uh, Lakeland Marchant Stadium. And then Sunday, the debut here on 97-1, the ticket. We'll be making that drive down to Port Charlotte. There you go, way down there. <laughs> and it's Tampa, too. Too bad they're not still at Al Lang Field for that's you. That's right. So, but anyway, always enjoy it. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk during the season. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and uh, love it. So, uh, coming up next, we got a special treat for you: Pistons Weekly. We're going to talk about the Pistons for the next hour. So, give us a call two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven to talk about Detroit's hoop uh, juggernaut. This is ninety seven one the ticket. 97-1. 